Today's Batch It Up is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code DVR20 to get 20% off your order. No minimum. And we got a Valentine's Day sale coming. Codes aren't even out yet. Keep on checking back at Cufflinks.com slash DVR for that Valentine's Day sale. It's going to take place January 24th to February 14th. That's the big day, of course. So... Keep watch on that. And I want to announce that we're going to be doing a giveaway. Cufflinks.com has an awesome brand called Oxen Bull. And we're going to be giving away a set. Silver and Onyx stud set. Also, brushed stainless steel tie clip. Also, heathered blue wool men's tie. We got a tie, a tie clip, and a stud set. That's going to look awesome. This is Mm, wearable art, as I like to say, and it's going to be given away to a listener of this podcast. All you've got to do is send us an email. That's it. Just send us an email. Get in touch. We love keeping in touch with everyone. Tell us about The Bachelor. Just reach out to us and you'll be entered to win. That's a silver and onyx stud set, a brushed stainless steel tie clip, and a heathered blue wool men's tie. That's almost $150 worth of prizes by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Go over to Cufflinks.com slash DVR and check out all their awesome stuff today. Today, we'll be talking about The Bachelor, Pilot Pete, Episode 3. It's time to batch it up. Hello and welcome back. My name is Axel and my co-host, not today, but... Usually every day and every week is Sarah. She's unable to join me this evening, so you're just going to get Solo Axel. We miss you, Sarah. We look forward to having you back next week. If you're joining us for the first time, this podcast is part of the DVR Podcast Network. And you can find out more about us and our many other podcasts at DVRPodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. Email us, DVRPodcast at gmail.com. We've also got a daily DVR Facebook group that you can join. We've got a lot going on over there. And if you did listen to the ad, we're going to be giving away almost $150 worth of prizes from our sponsor, Cufflinks.com, a great oxen bull set that we're giving away. So check that out, or you can go to our webpage again, DVRpodcast.com. You can find out all about it. Now, I'm just going to do a short pod today. Since it's just me and I don't have Sarah to banter with, but what I've decided to do is I had recorded a podcast with my friend Jenny, who I covered Big Little Lies with. You can find Big Little Lies, uh, our podcast, on any podcast provider. We covered that last year. Uh, Yeah, it was last year, but last summer. And we talked about The Circle, uh, which is a great new reality show on Netflix, And we did a whole hour and a half about that one. So I'm going to tag that on to the end of this podcast. So you'll just get a big reality delight. And you can also subscribe to Daily DVR if you are interested in finding more podcasts like that that I do. I do a lot more than just The Bachelor. All right. So I want to start out the show by saying I quit. Pete sent Alexa home. Um, (laughs) I just, I can't even. This episode was tough. Uh, this was a lot, a lot, a lot of Alea and Sydney fighting. Um, a lot of it. 
Uh, but we did get some other stuff, so we'll start out from the beginning. Victor- Victoria P. gets a date. We get to meet her, see her a little bit more. Again, in his hometown, a lot of his hometown. Again, they go to airplanes. <laughs> it's like this. Begin. This is like it was like they realized that they had they were doing a lot of cliche stuff. So they said, okay, let's just have these two ladies fight for the rest of the evening after this. But we got some line dancing. Uh, we got a nice storia from Victoria P. Storia, a nice story from Victoria P. About her childhood and growing up, which seems like a go-to thing now. They just sit right down and go, this is the worst thing that ever happened. But this story was pretty moving. And um, I was pretty moved by it, though my wife was a little suspicious. Pete, on the other hand, said she was a shooting star from God. Uh, I think in the end, I felt like she got the rose... But I didn't really feel like there was a lot of energy between them, a lot of uh, sexual energy as well as just spark. You know, it seemed like she was kind of like good on paper um, and seemed like a nice girl, very pretty, but it didn't really seem like there was a lot going. I don't know how far I I feel like he's going to keep her around a while until he kind of realizes that, you know. He feels closer to some other girls. Uh, Then we had, uh, we got some shots and some scenes of the ladies back at the bachelor mansion, Hannah Ann and Kelsey kind of worked it out. And I have to say kudos to Hannah Ann showing some feelings. A lot of bullying talk. Kelsey did not kind of come out good in this one, but I still don't like either of them. And Hannah Ann wants us all to know that she's not a champagne stealer. The other girls seem very bored by the whole thing. And um, we got a little, this is where we got a little taste. We got a little scene with Alea and she's like, I have a dirty side, you know? And then already um, Sydney was kind of eyeing her. So they were setting that up pretty early. The girls were just hanging out and it made me think I'd like to see more of this. I'd like to see more of just the girls, you know, like maybe we cut back on a date or two where they just show us a little bit of it and we get to see the girls hanging out. We get to see them more without Peter and also without their makeup, because again, I have to say sometimes when they have their makeup on and then they take it off, I can't tell which girl is which. I really can't. I just hit my microphone there. Sorry. Uh, it was, it's like, it was a little shocking to me, but I liked when they were hanging out group date card comes and, uh, we get an old friend stopping by the girls are asleep and who is it at the door? It's Demi and her henchwomen. Uh, what were their names? Champagne and killer. <laughs> there are a lot of feathers. She gives them some PJs. They go and what is it? It is Demi's Extreme Pillow Fight Club. Uh, Chris shows up. Our old friend Fred shows up. I think his first appearance was Winter Games. I like when they bring him back. Um, I would have liked a little bit of more of a Demi catch up here. You know, just like a, a little shot, you know, her talking to one of the girls. Oh, you know, we broke up, you know, talk a little bit about Christian or something. That would have been nice. But we didn't really get much of that. We did get a lot of pillow fighting. And uh, I do have to take a moment to comment 
uh, as a man, which I am, I did think that this was actually kind of hot. <laughs> I got to admit it. They're in like lingerie, the role, you know, and then Tammy came ready to rumble. And I mean, it got a little vicious. Um, it came down in the end to our, this, this was uh, a big surprise, right? Tammy is thrown out, but then Alea wins by sitting on Sydney, furthering the drama and it's brought into the night. Uh, this, this fight just went on and on. I mean, I'm not going to go back and forth with it. I just think that Pete kind of believes whoever he's sitting with. He's a people pleaser. That's what I call him. People pleaser, Pete, triple P. If you're sitting in front of him, he's empathetic and he likes you. I said to my wife, Pete may be a pilot, but his propellers are not the sharpest. He's not exactly the sharpest uh, guy pilot Pete. And, uh, I think he, he really is very empathetic, which I do like, but he kind of lacks the ability to make a quick decision in life, which is kind of contrasted as a pilot. That's like all he's doing, right? Like every little freaking knob he touches could crash the plane as far as I, what do I know? But in real life, He's kind of different. And I find that interesting. I'm kind of, I'm getting more into Pete. At first it annoyed me, his responses. And he seemed to really want to believe Sydney. Like it seemed to me he already didn't like Alea too much. So it was maybe in the beginning looking for a way to kind of toss her quick and say, okay, Sydney, everything's cool. Um, but then he calls her out in front of everybody. And he's like, well, Sydney, tell us what you think. I thought that was kind of shocking, and I actually thought that that was unfair of him. Um, and I think further, if I was the women sitting there, I'd kind of be thinking, man, is that really the type of person that I want to be with? That when they're kind of faced with a decision like this or conflicting information, that they're just going to kind of call one of the people out and put it on them? I didn't like that. I didn't like it. And I think it kind of backfired a bit for Sydney, but then by the time, uh, the pool party starts, um, she's got the rose. So she gets the rose, but it backfires because she gets called out. And I think he gave her the rose to kind of like alleviate that. Then when the pool party starts, the blood is really in the water and that's a Leia's blood. Everybody starts going after her. I don't really think it was to team up with Sydney. I think it was more so that they just saw the opportunity to get another girl out. And I think Alea is probably kind of fake. You know, I mean, she's doing that pageant thing, but also they keep on talking about somebody acts different on camera and everybody acts different on camera. You're on a TV show. Your mere presence on the show is the biggest part that's rigged. What you do after that is really up to you and pretty much anything's acceptable within the boundaries that are created in these reality shows. The producers picked you on purpose. They picked you because you would be good on TV. So I didn't get any of this thing. What I ended up feeling at the end is that Sydney was the person who was acting like a bully. Um, and I just didn't really like it at all. And I also want to know why she was carrying around the rose the whole damn night. 
Moving on. Let's see what we got next. We got the rose ceremony. Oh, it was something else, wasn't it? Pete walks away from the pool party. Um, then he, oh, I forgot to mention this is something. Okay. This is something right before he left that I was surprised that I can't wait to hear what Sarah has to say about this stuff. I hope you're listening. Victoria P kind of comes out and says, oh, well, Alea, Alea, whatever came up to me and said, don't tell the producers we know each other, which really brought the intrigue. And now, obviously, we know he sent her home, or did he? Is This was the real turning point. I think up until this point, she was going to stay, and he was going to kind of see what happened. You know, and It was almost maybe going to go away, because it was kind of piling on. I kind of saw a wave almost turning her way. Uh, but this is what really turned him. And um, this was kind of an interesting episode. You think about it. it starts with Victoria P, and then she comes back and kind of puts the nail in the coffin, and then he skedaddles so he's done that twice in this same show he puts the onus on sydney to talk about it at the group date night then he leaves this then we go to the rose ceremony he leaves the rose ceremony and i do have to say we everybody kept on saying we didn't get any time with pilot pete well i kind of feel like we didn't get any time with the girls we didn't get to really spend any time instead of all of them being wrapped up in this drama. That's editing, of course. And it, I kind of think it makes you feel that way by the end of the show. You're a little bit frustrated like they are. So I think, you know, they were successful in that. But I got to point out, Kelly, when I like her, she looks like Marissa Tomei. When I don't like her, she looks like Danielle from Real Housewives. That's what I've decided tonight. And I liked her tonight. Because every time something was going on like this, she was in the corner laughing, just like last episode when she was laughing too. I kind of like that. She feels a little bit separate, and she says that to him. And out of this episode, even with their limited interaction, still the favorite. I definitely think that Kelly is the favorite. Uh, we got a little bit more of the Chris Harrison. He's talking to Pilot Pete. What does he do? He takes a rose back. What is that? What? What does that accomplish to just to what does this, how does this correlate to the Alea uh, Sydney situation? It's just making it easier for him. This is, I, again, I don't understand his motivation instead of just coming out and doing something. He's again, kind of th- for the third time or maybe the fourth time running away. Good. He's going to do it again because after he sends, Alexa, I don't, I don't even want to get into it. I'll get into it with Sarah next week. Jasmine and Sarah, who had not done much this season. He probably wasn't vibing with them. But he sends Alea home too. And then we see a producer thing where he said, oh, I feel bad about maybe I should bring her back. I would guess, I didn't look at the previews. I never watched the previews because it kind of affects what I say. Um, I would guess that she comes back. And I say, why not? I mean, get to know her a little bit more. This whole thing was ridiculous. Hopefully next week we'll spend a little less time with one specific drama. I'm still depressed. Alexa went home. I guess he just wasn't feeling her. He should have at least went out on a date with her. Uh, I don't know. I did like one thing, though. Overall, 
I like the producer stuff. I like that they were talking about on camera. I like the way she said, oh, for Victoria, she told me not to tell the producers. I'm a f- big fan of this show completely obliterating any type of line between the show and and uh, Instagram or real life or before or the cameras. I like it when they expose all of that. I think it adds more drama to it and it makes it feel a little bit more real for me. All right, that's all I got. Um, maybe perhaps my insights were not as, uh, as, uh, as sharp as they normally are, but that's cause I didn't have my partner next week. Sarah will be back, but, uh, the rest of this podcast, take a listen. This is Jenny and I talking about the circle. We just kind of got on, went through the different characters. It's full of spoilers. So if you haven't seen the circle, don't listen to it. Uh, but if you have, I hope you enjoy it and you can go out and subscribe to daily DVR and give us a review for Batch It Up. We got a new logo. I want to give a shout out to DJ Tim Hines for that. And um, yeah, we're doing it. So give us some reviews, subscribe, share. We appreciate it. Oh, and something really special I think may have happened this week is I think Juliet called me out on the podcast. I'm not sure, but I posted a picture of Alexis sleeping. And then she said somebody on the social posted it. That was me. I was very excited. My wife thinks it's me. She was talking about me. What do you think? Juliet, if you're listening, confirm with me. Maybe next time Sarah's not around, Juliet can come on. And then she can come on with Sarah and I. We could do it. We'll be a thruple. I'm down with it. All right. Here's Jenny and I. Subscribe and like down below. So we're going to talk about the circle. We're both very excited and giddy to talk about it. Um, I'm going to give a little brief synopsis from like the Wikipedia or something. Just if people, we're going to talk full spoilers, who won, what happened. So if you haven't seen the show, we both suggest, let's give our pitch, Jenny. Now you told me that it was me that got you to watch the show. How did you convince other people to watch the show? Well, as I told you when you had shared about it, um, I was like, this is the best trash TV. I don't watch a lot of like competition type um, reality TV anymore. I have watched some in the past, but you just like gave it a little pitch saying, you know, that you 15 minutes in, you were like, what am I watching or something to that extent? And then you were drawn in. And I, that's what I told people. I was like, it is the best trash TV. And I'm not going to say it's not trash TV because to me, it really was. And I, but it made me laugh so much every single episode. And it got me in my feelings a few times. I was like, oh, that's so sad. You know, like when they would get their messages from yeah. home and whatnot. But um, it was great. I really, I really thought it was fun. And, and I got several others to watch it as we were talking about before we started recording. (laughs) Yeah. I think that that's just, that's how I, I mean, see, I think my simple message and your statement, it's just perfect trash TV. It's fun. When I first, my kind of first impression, well, let me give the brief uh, synopsis for people who, if you're just listening and you're like, I'm never going to watch this or I don't care. Let's tell you what this circle is. (laughs) Okay. So within the show, contestants are isolated within their own apartments. So they can leave the apartment, but only to only by themselves. There's like a roof deck and they're in this kind of crazy apartment building, which I guess I looked up and it's in Sacramento. Hmm. 
I think that's what it is. I looked it up and I was like, is that really what Sacramento looks like? I'd have to, maybe he solo would know, but it's somewhere I've been in to Cal- Sacramento before, but I don't know it well. I was only there once. <laughs> it's a nice kind of little city where it has some rivers running through it. I thought it looked kind of like up and coming. I don't know. I thought it was somewhere in like the Midwest, but I guess it's California. And um, you've got at each point in time, there are... Uh, what is it? F- five to eight contestants who are in this um, apartment building. They're isolated within this room, their little apartment, and they can only communicate with each other via the circle, which is basically a modified personalized Twitter, right? Yeah, it's, it's a social media app. Social yeah. media app. And what they do is they then survivor style vote each other out each each week by voting one to six or whatever their ranking. The person with the lowest ranking is blocked and sent home. Well, that's what happens some of the time. Right. Other times, I mean, there's variations. They, yes. That's yeah. Most of the time it was the people got to pick who got to go home and it wasn't always the person yes. who was the lowest Which is, We'll talk about the kind of changes <laughs> yes. in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And at the end, there is one winner who is given $100,000. That's the prize that we're playing for, which I thought was a pretty good prize too. Yeah. I mean, it didn't look like they were in there for like a super extended period of time. I mean- I would not put it I, – I, I would put it at under two weeks that they were there. Yes. I, mean, I believe that the, the, I read that the filming took place in less than three weeks. Yeah. So they weren't like there for a super, super <laughs> long time. But, you know, $100,000 for three weeks of your life or whatever. Uh, come on now. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was That's worth it. it. <laughs> so that is what the circle is. And when I first started, my first impression – I love reality shows. I watch Survivor, you know, I Project One Way, Top Chef, all this kind of stuff. But then there's kind of a secondary level where it's almost just a little bit too trashy for me. Like when they start having shows like Little Women LA and it's just like little yeah. people fighting each other all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you know or competitions where like for instance i've never gotten too much into big brother see i've well, i watched a few seasons okay. of that and that's what this i mean it was a long time ago but is it even still on yes anyway yep. <laughs> okay um i watched a few seasons of it like when it was fairly new like a long time ago and that's what this reminded me of initially but it's like a um, a grade school version of it because it's yes. just the social media. It's not the the hateful, mean. I mean, like people like would have an opinion about the other players or whatever, but nobody was like being hateful and and disrespectful, and they obviously couldn't be having sex with each other. So it was like a a, a grade school version, and that I think that made it like more fun too to me. Like it just it was just fun. It, it was entertaining. It wasn't, it was something you didn't have to put any thought into. You just enjoyed watching. I completely agree. And that is what I found after the first 15 minutes when I tuned in, I thought I was going to get something that was trashy in the sense that it was going to be a lot of fighting, a lot of like, 
you know, a lot of times they'll throw in like misogyny and race, like all this stuff just to heat it up and get the drama going. But I soon yeah. saw that this actually, like you said, like grade school, like the the thing about this show is it has like well, a whole, the language. What's that? <laughs> except for the language. Yes, sorry. <laughs> it, ha- it does have the Netflix language, but the attitude is very kind of uh, open and loving and fun. And mm-hmm. it doesn't, it, it, there people aren't overly mean to each other. And it just had this kind of um, community feeling to it. That was it. You're right. Besides the language, it was almost family friendly because even the sexuality and the flirting, it never got too bad. Right. It didn't. It, I mean, yeah, it, it was just, it was so, um, it just was fluff. It was great. Fluff is a good way. That is a great way to describe it. It was fluffy and fun. And I think that that is reflected in our winner, because we're going to go through and what we're going to do is just kind of talk about um, each one of the characters. And actually, while we were talking, I brought up my other note here and I found out this is the deal. Okay, ready? The, mm-hmm. the circle was filmed for a total of 15 days in Manchester in England. In England? Yeah. I just figured out because I had read something before that said it was shot in Sacramento. I was like, what? That's I not Sacramento. In, I thought it was in California. Nope. I did. Yes, yeah, so did I. But I love looking at Oprah Mag. Oh, the Oprah Magazine with a nice article right here. And it said was filmed for a total of 15 days in Salford, Manchester uh, as the original UK show, because this is based on a, on a UK show who I believe has already yeah. had two seasons. Yeah, I just I had clicked on that Wikipedia link you had sent, and I was reading the little British thing, and I was like, "Oh, yeah." So they already did some that was so yeah they already had the building and everything. Why would they not use it? You know, basically sets, but not sets. <laughs> yep. Still, they're sets. I mean, they ha- where were all those cameras, man? And like, how did you? <laughs> were you able to go to the bathroom without them? Ugh. I mean, I know they wouldn't air that, but like the fact that, like, can you turn them off so you can go to the bath? Like, yes, inquiring minds want to know the logistics of it all. You know, I think that they do. It's just really left up to. I mean, that these reality shows in general the limits of your privacy are just, there is no privacy. So I'm sure that, I mean, all the leftover, I mean, you always hear hear stories of like the leftover footage they have from the real world or this show or that show or big brother, you know? So I'm sure that there's tons of footage that these players would not want us to see um, (laughs) throughout. But yeah, I think in the bathrooms though, there's no legality to it because if you sign a contract, you're, you know what I mean? It's not like they can't have one. They can't. Yeah. And they clearly had cameras in the bathrooms. Prominently. Yes. Because they were, a lot of them would be in there flossing their teeth or doing their hair or whatever. Yeah. Definitely. That. All right. So let's do this. To kind of ground ourselves and start ourselves off, let's kind of go through one by one each of the characters that we've met. 
uh, kind of starting, let's start off with our first five that uh, when we start well, there out. Eight. There were eight to begin with, Were right? there eight? Let's see. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, oh, yes, that's true. I'm sorry. There were eight to begin with, and then there, there were um, five players that were introduced later. So let's start. Yes. Let's start with the first eight. Starting off with our basketball player, uh, our player. He always do it player style. Smooth man Antonio, twenty four years old, and he was. I think he was the first to go. Uh, no, he was the second. All right, Jenny's got the knowledge, baby. I like it. <laughs> no, because is- Alana was the first one okay. to go. So what did you I, think I of was Antonio? Glad she went. <laughs> um, I in the first episode, maybe even the second, I I kind of thought he was all right, but I wasn't really overly impressed with him and the fact that he was completely taken with Rebecca. And I was like, really? You are dumb. But yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like, you think that you're talking to a girl, but you're not. Anyway, so no, I thought he was all right, but I was not like overly impressed with him. I wasn't rooting for him from the beginning. Yeah, I think that Antonio had um, a problem that a lot of the players had, which is that his kind of he projected his ego through the circle and yeah. it became inauthentic. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there was this, the the thing that really surprised me about this show is what it said about social media, that something that I've kind of been looking into and realizing uh, with all the YouTube people and just kind of thinking about like the influencer culture and how this idea of authenticity is so important to these younger folk, Jenny. Um, Mm -hmm. like keeping it real. I'm 100 or like (laughs) Shane Dawson. I'm doing documentaries about the real lives of YouTubers. All these people who I don't, I probably, I don't even, he's probably old by now. Um, (laughs) but it, it, that is so strange to me because as an older person, I'm 45 watching this. And I and most of these people were younger, but I like that they mixed the ages too, mm-hmm. and they showed how different people relate. But I think Antonio was the first one that early on in the show he talked so much about being a basketball player or like the great things he did that it's mm-hmm. like his success made him less authentic. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and yeah, I, I just I, I never got into him. And also I don't under I've never been one who understood the whole play a thing, like act like you don't care about anything. Right. I've just See, no, I've never been able yeah. to achieve that. Mm-hmm. I, I that's not a thing for me. I, it's not something I particularly like in people, generally speaking. <laughs> No, no, me neither. I, I felt that he was just kind of like he was shooting himself in the foot from the beginning. Um, and also at a disadvantage of maybe being a little too good looking. Cause I've also noticed that, I, for, well, I guess Joey was good looking guy too. I thought, I thought they were all pretty much good looking people. I mean, we'll get to Karen and her, her catfish when we get there, but. <laughs> 
like she's not a bad looking person, true, but of course her, the person she was portraying herself to be was like gorgeous. So yeah. 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 I don't know. Antonio, not, not definitely not one of my favorites, but you know who was my favorite and she <laughs> went home early and it really, oh man, it broke my heart is Karen or alias right. Mercedes. Right. Yeah. I liked Karen. I mean, she's closer to our age. Um, too that helps some and i felt like she did well with um kind of figuring people out because i feel like she knew rebecca wasn't uh what she was portraying herself to be or you know himself as it was seaburn but um i felt like she played it too hard and that was to her detriment um because she was really playing the game and she would throw some more, uh, some shade or whatever out there a little harder than some of the others would do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I felt like that was something that got her on people's, you know, uh, in their, in their scopes, so to speak. I agree. And at 37, one of the old, I think besides what's her name, Tammy, right? I think she was the oldest. So um, I think I agree with you that I think Karen tried to play too much too early. Mm -hmm. And whereas the other contestants were still feeling each other out and and gaining the confidence of each other and Mm -hmm. trying to develop personal relationships, she was kind of playing the game right from the beginning. And I mean, you know, she was from Brooklyn or she was from the Bronx, I should say. And she mm-hmm. was doing that not kind of New York thing. She was like scoping it out. But I just loved her attitude. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think I would like Karen if yes. I met her in real life. I would like Karen. I she I, I did like her. She I just felt like she, in this game, like she came in playing a little bit too hard. Too um, hard. Though I did also think, and we'll, and the catfishing thing. I mean, she played as Mercedes, a much mm-hmm. younger, um, I guess. Right, tra- 10 years younger. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, like kind of Instagrammed up looking girl, right? Right. Um, right. That was that was the that was the problem with our first profile picture. Remember, because it had it was so filtered. They're like, why is that picture so filtered? Why exactly. doesn't why is she, what's she trying to hide? Though they all came around when they saw her next picture and they're like, oh, wow, she's a stunner. <laughs> and that was so interesting to me was that that's when this whole authentic thing came through and like how because her picture was over filtered they immediately thought oh maybe she's a catfish Mm -hmm. which for me is something so interesting because i never consider that when i'm like talking to people online um i just assume they're off they are who they are so this she introduced me that way too (laughs) yeah because i guess maybe because we're older yeah. Right. Like, and I just don't see. And the there's point. people that are our age that do that too. They they play games with people, but like, I I think it's just because we're authentic people, Axel. Maybe we are just 100, percent Jenny. We keep it 100. <laughs> keeping it 100. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's just a whole different world, right? And you know who actually clued me into that? 
maybe about four or five years ago is our old friend from Lost Podcasting Days, Donald, who I was talking to him one day about kind of his online persona. And he mm-hmm. was saying, you know, when he's on Twitter, he jokes a lot. He doesn't like to do – that's his kind of his online persona. And I said, I don't know what you mean. What do you mean your online persona? Like you ha- you're a different per- – he's like, well, this is – you know, this is the way people do that, you know? And, and he kind of explained to me this attitude that when people say like IRL, like you are – like you can be anyone you want online – and you always hear that, but I have to admit that I've never taken advantage of that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> you know, like I never, I've always honestly. Just, it's too much I work been, for me. Yes, me too. We must just be similar in that that type of our personality because ever since I was a little kid, I mean, my parents will tell you now, and I'm almost 47 years old, they will tell you that even as a little kid, you could count on me to tell you how it was. And I mean, it just, because I am just an honest person. I'm, uh, you know, you can call it blunt or you can call it whatever. Um, I've learned to apply somewhat of a filter as I've gotten older. <laughs> um, and it's not that I am going to lie to a person. I will just refrain from saying anything is really my version of lying. I just won't say anything or I'll dance around it a little bit because I, I don't ever want to keep stories straight. Now, of course, when I was a teenager, like most kids, you know, you, you lie to your parents and whatnot some, but, um, I just, it's so much easier to keep things straight if you just have one story. Yes, that is, <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. I just, I, I'm that way too. I, I mean, I'm not saying that I, I mean, we've all, we've all misrepresented ourselves in some way at some point yeah, in time. Yeah. But especially when it comes to online, I guess I just never thought about it that way because it's hard to keep your story straight and I just, I don't know, it just it never occurred to me. And I think in Karen's case, if she had come on as herself, I think she would have made it to the end. I, I agree that she probably would have done better if she had just come on as herself. And that, yeah. um, Did you notice that uh, most of the contestants that uh, pretty much all of them that were not single claimed to be single because they knew it would help them in the game. And yep. that was the same thing with Karen because Karen w- said, you know, she, she has a girlfriend and, or, or a partner or what, I'm not sure if she's married or whatever, you know what I'm saying. Um, it, but she played Mercedes as a single person. Yep. Um, and Antonio did that. Uh, Sammy did that. Sammy did that. Yeah. Um, do <laughs> So you skipped over Alana. Did you even want to talk about her? No, no, I'm just, going in, I'm just going oh, in. I'm just going in. Just going in random yeah. order. I'm just kind no, of going just, in random. It's order. like it's funny because I did I did really like Karen and I felt like she did she did a she did a good job. Other than the you know like we discussed, so yeah, it's been, it was yeah. 
And I also maybe did also because I don't – Alana was 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 like the least interesting person on the entire show to me. I didn't have much to say about her. I think that she <laughs> yeah. was and, – and that was really kind of where, where yeah. I was going too. She – like you were saying with um, Antonio, like coming in with his ego showing, that's kind of how she came across Definitely. to me as well. Um, she wasn't like doing uh, – exactly the same way because obviously she's female but um so she did her thing in a different way than antonio did but she i was glad she she got kicked off in the first episode um i was like her or rebecca i wanted rebecca to go the whole damn really i want it because i i felt like i mean i could relate to karen totally because every time she would talk about rebecca I was like, yes. Why is she the only person seeing through him? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah but it's because she's older. But I was like, those things she's saying, they're just so uh trite. And they're not, they're not like, they didn't seem genuinely like that. But, you know, I, I'm not. Yeah. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just all I, over the place. I think that Alana, uh, like uh, Antonio, that these were the two put there by the producers that when you tuned into the show, you were going to think that they were going to be the winners, right? Like that because this was a social media show. I mean, I have to admit that when I first tuned in and they introduced them, I -hmm. thought, okay, these two are maybe favorites. They're tall, good-looking have jobs, have like exterior lives that Mm -hmm. would be attractive on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, you know? Right. And then someone like Shabam, Shaboom, um, (laughs) would be like the first guy to go because he is just like kind of not that interesting. Like you don't want, he's not aspirational. Yeah. You know? Nerdy kid. Right. (laughs) But the thing is, is that it turns out, of course, that I'm wrong, and you have Alana who people right away. Sammy was like, "She's not real. She can't be a model. She's not a model. No way." You know, and even <laughs> Chris was like, "That's that's a cat. That that's a catfish said. girl." You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I thought I, that that was really interesting. That and the fir- they were the first two that got yeah. booted, and and it it shows that. This whole thing about being natural, being original is so strange to me. Um, It's like maybe it's come full circle. Maybe that's kind of a little bit of a a theme that the show – I didn't see the first two seasons in the UK. I want to try to catch those. Right. Um, But maybe that's kind of the theme is that – when social media first came out, we were all just our set, like we're the original crew. So you and I of our age, we just went online and were ourselves. And then it mm-hmm. became that people put on these masks and became someone different. But now people are striving again for authenticity, but that basically it, it kind of disadvantages those who have that life that seems fake, but it isn't because Alana really was a model right. <laughs> right? and right. Antonio and she was really was a basketball player. Yeah. 
and they're both good looking people yeah. and whatnot. They just um too good to uh, well, be true. Yeah. They weren't good players of the game, apparently. Yeah, I, Although the first person kicked off like that was rough the way they did that. Cause like, you know, they as soon as they viewed the the other players profiles they hadn't even like gotten to talk to anybody Mm -hmm. yet and they had to rate them just rate them based on what you see literally what you see that's crazy yeah but that's interesting too that the way they the game evolved and that's something we talked about i like the way that as it moved along they just changed the rules you know i mean they had the Mm -hmm. basic format of ranking everyone like alert, alert, right? And I love, mm-hmm. I have, I mean, obviously, my favorite was Chris. Hands down, he had, was, who was your favorite? I, I, it's kind of tied. I, I really, by the end or at the beginning? <laughs> Whichever. Um, at the beginning, I, I liked Sammy and Chris, and that's, I probably liked Sammy and Chris the best at the very beginning with Shubham and Joey coming on quickly there after, and they all stayed my favorites throughout the original crew. And that's how it, it really came back to the original crew. It did. Right. Like they, mm-hmm. caught, they inadvertently as this game goes on and they're on season, you know, a hundred on Netflix, which I'm I'm surprised there isn't season two already. I mean, they shot this thing now that we know 15 days. It's mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't take much. I mean, yes, there's there's editing to do, um, but I think that you could knock these episodes out. You get you know a bunch of assistant editors. You'd lock it up, and you could do this show in like a month and a half. All you need is a lot of like 80s synth pop, which I loved too. Wasn't the music great? <laughs> You know what? I hadn't even really noticed the music until um, I read your note. You had added that to our document. And yeah. I was like, were they playing music? I don't even remember. And so like in the finale, I really noticed all the music. And I, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's right. <laughs> See, I should have known that they, that they shot it um, in the UK because this is – they had great – and they have – one of my all-time favorite bands, which I've mentioned on podcasts before, they're called Deacon Blue. They're from Scotland, and you never hear their music in America. I mean, that is cr- one of their songs. I think it was Real Gone Kid um, came on. I think it was episode three. They were talking when someone went home, and they played that song. And I like stood up in my living room, and I was like, what the fuck? They're playing Deacon Blue. What the hell's going on? And then I was like, oh, I realized like the UK connection. So guaranteed that probably the producer who made this is around our age or a little older from that time. And then it's filled with that kind of music. But I think that's a good choice because it has that light kind of poppy feel to it. Yeah. And this show is light and poppy. Like you're saying, it's not like Big Brother where it gets nasty and down and like this is this is really much more of a fun show. Mm-hmm. So I think it fit it very well. But uh who are we talking about? Our favorites. Oh yeah, Chris. Chris, I like you oh you the 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 main crew that we started with, except for Karen, Antonio, and Alana, um, who 
did not make it to the end. But the rest of the main crew, I like them all, but I always just wait. I just thought that they should replace the host, the voiceover, who she did a pretty good job. She's also on the Netflix. Her voiceovers, are, I thought, were all right, but I didn't like her at the um, the little reunion the re- thing. No, no. That was, was awkward. She was a very good host. Yeah, she yeah. was bad. <laughs> that was kind of awkward, and I I almost think that they should consider bringing Chris back in some capacity. Um, you know, maybe oh, that'd be fun. Wouldn't that be fun? Or if they gave the circle a voice, like if the circle talked back to them a little bit more, <laughs> you know, and then he's like, "Come on, girl, it's time for you to wake up and play the circle." I just love the <laughs> oh man, I love the way he talks. I loved his no, spirit. He's so funny. Yes. He was so, I I mean, love when he her. started talking about his mom's teeth. Oh, I know. Dude, crying. Crying. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful. All right. So let's um let's see. We talked about Karen. Um all right, we talk let's talk about uh oh, we want to start with our main our originals. So let's jump to uh let's talk about Rebecca or Seaburn, which is such mm-hmm. an interesting name too. I love that mm-hmm. name. You did, you wanted, so Seaburn, a 26-year-old guy from Boston who used his girlfriend's pictures and mm-hmm. pretended he was his girlfriend, um, who was a, attractive, about, about the same age as him, young girl, and uh, he played her like she was on Little House on the Prairie. Like- Yeah, it was over the top. It was so over the top. That when he was her, when he was Rebecca and, you know, sending out the messages, oh, my left side hurts. I had. (laughs) Yeah. When they were talking about cramps and he, and, and that time of the month and everything, and they're like commiserating. And he's like, oh, when it's that time for me, I get this pain in my left side. And I'm like, I'm like, Sammy, the fuck are you talking about left side? Like, it's so fun. It was so specific. You should stay out of that conversation. Like. But also, like, everything he said was, like, you are the sweetest. You are so dear to me. It was so syrupy and over the top that I absolutely did not like the character of Rebecca. But I never wanted Seaburn to be voted out. So I liked Seaburn. drove me nuts watching him comb his hair and (laughs) play with that bear. And I'm like, oh, you are on my nerve. Yeah, I thought yeah. he was funny. I liked him, but he played it weird. I mean, the whole show. I was like, how are you guys letting yeah. him stay? It was very <laughs> it, the I think what it came down to was um and what I think we're going to see develop along the lines of Survivor Big Brother is that this first crew here is kind of formulating how you play this game. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think inadvertently what Seaburn slash Rebecca was, was um, Shabooms really kind of like, um, uh, I don't know, like Leech, basically. Like the only, yeah, the only reason that Rebecca lasted 
um, is because Shuby had her back. Exactly. Shuby had taken her under his wing and kept on saying, Rebecca's my number one. I really trust Rebecca. I love Rebecca. And then Joey wouldn't vote her out, right? And then Sammy mm-hmm. kind of, even though Sammy thought that she was a catfish the entire time, because of Shuby, she did not want to vote her out or didn't want to keep kept on giving her like a kind of middling grade instead of the last grade. Even Chris, I think was Mm -hmm. influenced. So it's like in survivor where a person um, teams up with a really bad person because they know in the end, if they bring them to the end, they'll vote for them, not the other person, you know, kind of like a ringer in reverse. Um, I kind of felt like that's what Rebecca ended up being because you saw in the end, uh, she did not get many votes for winner. Right. So it was I, not um, very favored at I all. Wish, I wish Joey would have voted Rebecca off when yeah. he voted Sean off. <laughs> I think that would have been um, – but in the end though, it was Joey's al- allegiance – to kind with shoe bomb with shoe bomb but every kind of to everybody his loyalty that kept him get kept it going too so mm-hmm. i kind of feel like in the end rebecca served a really interesting purpose and will kind of be when you look back in two three four seasons you kind of see that it was that role is going to be a role that people are going to try to um fill so they can kind of stick it out into the end. Like that's the way to slide through is by being like super sweet and sugary and nice uh, <laughs> to other people. Right. And I mean, make quite their way through. so we, we should see, but it didn't really annoy me. Um, he didn't really annoy me as much. I, I kind of liked her. It's that time again to take a little break and tell you about cufflinks.com, our presenting sponsor. They're keeping the lights on here at DVR Podcast Network, and we are so pleased always to have them. It's a family-owned company. Cufflinks.com is the men's accessories marketplace. Cufflinks.com aims to drive men to one place where they can find all the accessories they could want to elevate their look each day. They've got over 60 brands, Hook and Albert, Ox and Bull, of course, their own Cufflinks.com brand. Also, man, they have so many licenses. Star Wars, Marvel, DC Comics, NCAA, NBA, NFL. If you follow cufflinks.com on Facebook, you'll see, guess what they're coming out with soon? The Child. That's right. Little baby Yoda, cufflinks and tie clip and tie. It's awesome. Everything they have that's geeky is fantastic, cool, quality, just like the wearable art that they have if you're going to an event. And if you have an event coming up yourself, reach out to Cufflinks. They'll help make sure everyone looks great. So go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Don't hesitate. Do it. One of the best parts about podcasting is getting to know the listeners and making new friends. And one of those friends is Andy. You may have heard me mention him before on one of our many podcasts. And Andy and his wife, Claire, are looking to adopt So if you or anybody you know is considering adoption for their baby, please consider the loving family of Andrew and Claire. 
They're a home study approved adoptive family of three living on a farm in southern Minnesota with a dog, Barney, and two turtles. They're able to adopt from anywhere in the United States and would love to answer any questions you may have. To learn more about them, check out their Facebook page at Andrew and Claire Adopt or on Instagram at Andrew underscore and underscore Claire underscore Adopt. You can also email them at Andrew and Claire Adopt at gmail.com. So again, if you or anyone you know is considering adoption for their baby, reach out at Andrew and Claire Adopt at gmail.com. Thanks. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, we already talked kind of about Chris, 30 years old, Dallas, Texas, loud, proud, and open. This player isn't afraid to show personality. Uh, I I love Chris. Yeah, he was great. Oh, I I thought I really wanted Chris to win. Oh, after that thing about his mom's teeth, I was like praying he was going to win. Even though, like, like I said, I had the whole pack of four that I was like cool with any of them winning because I really did like them all. And I thought they were all fairly genuine people. I mean, they, they do their social media thing and you can tell they do have a persona, but it's not as fake as, I mean, except for shoe bomb, shoe bomb did not have an internet persona at all. But, um, but yeah, I, I know he had, you know, a little bit of himself that he, he would, you know, put a little cover over, but he was so genuine and just so outgoing and his personality was so big and he was great. Uh, yeah, I absolutely loved Chris. I think that he did play it complete. I mean, like Shubham, though, he played it really straight, right? Like he was who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, he kept a lot of the kind of secondary chats going, you mm-hmm. know, starting like li- circle. Let's see where my girls are at. Mm-hmm. And then he- <laughs> I just loved his voice, his delivery. Oh, yeah. I do too. Everything about him, I absolutely loved it. I really just hope that they bring him back. <laughs> I love that he's doing his artwork up in his in his apartment. Yep. His pictures of himself, the artsy pictures. I thought it was so, very, very amazing. He's got a story to tell, Chris. He's got more story. That's the one thing is that this show got personal, but it didn't get I don't feel it's I feel like we found out one or two things. Yeah, but it wasn't like we were all up in their lives. Yes. I mean, yeah, we and and it was mostly just about the ones um who were there from the beginning. Exactly. The ones that came on later, except for, well, I mean Miranda was like the first one that came in cuz she came in in episode 2, mm-hmm. but the rest of them came in, you know, 4, 6, 8, like they didn't have as much time there. And so you didn't get to see as much about them other than, um, Sean maybe, but yeah, I, I, I really liked that. They just kept it concise and like just a little bit, you got to see that little bit of their inside life. It's kind of like, um, did you ever watch American Idol? Yeah, of course. When you get to the, I haven't watched it in years, but when you get to the end and they like give the little backstory things of the people, like a little more in depth than what they had previously. And it's like, you know, to, to tug at the heartstrings and get people to, um, just be more engaged with mm-hmm. them yeah, as I, characters or whatever you want to call them. And in this show, they didn't go overboard with it. And I really right. like that. And the way they kept it going was every time there was like a little bit of a lull, 
you know, they just go alert and they break <laughs> into one of the games and or something like that. But uh, overall, Chris was awesome. All right, let's keep it moving through. Man, I absolutely loved Sammy, 24 years old, Miami, Florida, a behavioral technician working with kids on the autism spectrum. But in her free time, she likes to get nasty. I love Sammy. She's she's great. I loved how she's she was always like standing there on the bed, just standing, mo- going back and forth, hugging her pillow. I'm moving back and Scratching forth. Scratching her arm. And, yes. And uh, and the <laughs> and everything. She hates rom- hates romanticism. I, lo- I, love I don't know. Her. See, that's like something with me, too, is I've always liked it like. Uh, I don't know. I, I've kind of always been attracted to women who, when you're like Valentine's Day is coming up, they'd be like, "Oh God," you know, like not too, not too syrupy, but you mm-hmm. can tell that that is because you can kind of tell that that is hiding a real sweetheart underneath. You know, right. like mm-hmm. she says that she's always like, "Oh yuck," or he, "Oh he's flirting with me," but then. When she was feeling it, she really felt it. And you you could tell that's kind of why she had that attitude is because it was almost like she could kind of fall into it too easy. And she knew that about herself. So she kind of had her guard up. She was tough, but she had a soft exterior. And also, I mean, you could kind of tell really, again, from her relationship with Shoe Bomb and how she kind of really attached herself to him and really liked him. Right. And it didn't seem as like, it didn't seem artificial, like the yeah. thing with Rebecca. Like, mm-hmm. I know that Shuby felt like so intensely about Rebecca, but I, I could tell that he, he cared about Sammy too, but he loved Joey like as much as he loved Rebecca because he just, he's so naive and stuff, but you could tell he really loved Sammy and Sammy like loved Shubom like he was her little brother, yep. I guess, big brother, whatever. I don't know their ages. It was kind of <laughs> sweet. And I also yeah. have to say, Sammy, very sexy. Yes. Did, did not yes. mind seeing her lounging around. I mean, that's the, <laughs> you know, you got to admit when you're watching a show like this, you do, you're looking at the people, you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. you want them to be attractive. And I think mm-hmm. that kind of Sammy for me fit that bill. She would just seemed like she was like, you know, like as a guy, you know, like guys always say, like, um, I was talking about this on the podcast with Sarah doing a bachelor, um, like guys always say, oh, I like it when a girl's like wearing sweatpants sitting on the cat. You know what I mean? Like that, that's the kind of thing. It seems very accessible, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's kind of what Sammy represented on the show. Plus she was super smart and she really like something would happen and she'd have a reaction, but then she'd think about it. Mm-hmm. And it was like she, it took her time to like process it, but she kind of always had everyone pegged from the beginning. Yep. Yeah. I, she, like I said, she was one of my favorites from sh- the first episode, and she stayed one of my favorites till the last episode. Now, Shoe Bomb, 23 years old from California. 
This guy came in on the first episode and I immediately liked him because the first thing he said was, I hate social media. It's the devil. It's the word like social Medusa. Social Medusa. <laughs> yes. It, it's not real. You have to be real. You have to be authentic. And the thing about him is he had like kind of no other choice but to be himself. I think like mm-hmm. us, he just seemed like a kind of person who was just like, if he had tried to be someone else, he would have just like laughed and given up within a few seconds, you know, like it just, and throughout the game, he really was the heart of the show. And though he ended up in second place, not winning, I kind of, I thought till the very end that he was going to win. I I had thought he very likely could. I really didn't know who was going to win out of the the final four. I was so glad Rebecca <laughs> really had yeah. issues with Rebecca. <laughs> yeah. um, but I Shubham was great from the, and and you know in that those first ratings, he was rated at the bottom and he was sure he was going to get sent home. He was ranked 8th at the at the first ratings, but then Antonio and Sammy were the influencers and they voted Alana to go home. And I think that that kind of shows you in the same way. Like, I guess the first couple weeks were, are about like excluding the extremes, mm-hmm. you know, someone who's like Shubham was like too authentic. And then they felt like Antonio and lot were like too fake, you mm-hmm. know, but in the end, actually they were, the most real and the person who I felt was a, a, the real person, in real life, Karen, again, I think she just should have been herself, but shoe bomb. I really liked him because if you're watching the show and there's a part of yourself who, and I think everyone has this these days where you participate. If you do participate in social media, there's always a part of you thinking this is so fucking stupid. <laughs> I mean, I always think that like, even every time I post something, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, I always, there's a part of me that always thinks, what am I doing with my life? And I think that that is, I like the way he expressed that constantly, but then got totally sucked in. Right. He did. He did. He just, because he met the people, you know, not really, but he got to interact with the people and he started to see the draw. Yep. And, I mean, and especially I, for young people. Especially, <laughs> I mean, especially they're, for they're, the youth. He is half oh, I mean, age. the younger people, yeah, they it's 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 a bigger deal for for them than it is for us. I I mean, I, my Facebook, it's like I like posting pictures with friends and family, yeah. and um, when I see funny memes or whatever, I just am scrolling through to laugh. Like I'm not trying to um, catch a mate or you know a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. So it's a different. Um, it's it's different when you have um, different perspectives, and I yeah. think that's why Karen probably would have done better if she had, like you said, come in as herself instead of trying to be someone younger and more traditionally beautiful um, or whatever. And I think that um, yeah, we. What, I guess what we're not trying to derive any self worth from it. Right. Right. Like the amount of likes or if people do this or it does not, I don't care. 
I really, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm interested in a conversation or actually talking to someone or learning something, not uh, achieving any type of status from it. And I think that's something that um, Shubham brought up again and again about status. And I think I wonder too um, that they don't really get into this, but I thought it was interesting because I believe he was Indian and there is, of course, in India, this caste system that still exists till today. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really bring any ideas like that into the show. But while I was watching, I wondered if he was thinking that in his own mind, that this is representative of, mm. of maybe something his parents experienced that he had heard about or maybe even had been, you know, in a, in an Indian community in the United States, it had been brought over. But I thought that was interesting, too, that they had such a diverse cast. But one of the things they didn't do is really talk about their ethnicities too much. You know, um, right. there was talk about sexuality. There was talk about gender. There was talk about general appearance as in weight or real or fake, but there was not really much discussion about cultural identity, ethnic identity, anything like religious identity, political identity. That was not a part of the show, but maybe for its benefit. Right. You know, I totally agree. Maybe yeah. it's good to kind of keep it light like that sometimes. Yeah, I mean, they could see they could see the pictures of one another yeah. and and whatnot, and read what little bits they put in their profiles. But like, yeah, it wasn't something that was really brought up, and and I think it was good. I think that that it was good that that wasn't brought up. But um, Shuby Shuby was just he was such a sweet kid. I really liked him and and I and I he may have like you said it may have been something that was even subconscious maybe he wasn't even necessarily thinking about it but he does work in tech so I don't know he he caught on to the game pretty quickly. Yes, that well that's another aspect is that he's like I hate social media everything. What do you do? I'm a VR engineer. Mhm. Well it's like the, that's some aspects of, you know, you looking at how people interact with technology has something to do with it. And yeah, him keeping it real throughout and just kind of being cute and funny and light, he kind of epitomized the show. And that's why I kind of feel like the spirit of the show went through him. uh, Mm -hmm. And, and he really, he really shown, but the guy who was number one, our eventual winner was the guy who was his best buddy, his, his best friend for life, his brother. I mean, they were like, they, they might as well have gotten married at the end of this. <laughs> Joey, baby, 25 yes. years old from Rochester. I've yes. been to Rochester a few times. Very cold. Rochester, I, uh, New York. I really like Joey. Uh, the first episode or two, I was kind of on the fence about him because mm-hmm. I was like, he sounds like Mickey Milkovich from Shameless and he behaves like Joey from Friends. And I was like, is this guy for real? But that's just who this Joey is. And I really, he grew on me. He grew on me. I thought he was going to be too loud. I thought he was going to be arrogant. I thought he was going to be annoying, but I also initially just loved him 
because I mean, come on, he's an Italian guy from New York. <laughs> How could I not love an Italian guy? I mean, uh, he's so, you know, I like, I just, I love, that's just what I grew up with, you know? Right. And as soon as he started talking, I was like, Hey, it's Joey. You know, it's like, what's up, Joey? How you doing? I just, and his Uncle Joey's and <laughs> I fell right into it. I mean, this guy is like so many people, like this is my cousins. This is my guys I grew up with. And he really turned out to have almost, he had a bigger heart than shoe bomb. He had like, he kind of won this thing by being a total sweetheart circle. Please circle, right message. Sammy, <laughs> you are to me the most beautiful thing I ever knew. You touch me in ways that are wonderful, enlightening. Circle, send message. I mean it. I mean every word I just said. You know, like, oh yeah, hashtag. Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag real friends you do a you do a passable joey act you know i mean it was just i loved it everything about him was so man he every time you thought he was gonna go kind of like maybe a little dirty a little off color in, he did do that a couple times, a little oh, more in the beginning. Oh, the conversation with, with Miranda when she was trying to get him to use the eggplant emoji and yes. he sent her a chili pepper and she's like, what is the chili pepper? <laughs> I was dying. So this is the stuff that made me laugh. Oh my God, like, that was brilliant. Yeah, he was sitting on the couch and he was doing his hand thing and he was like, throw like a pepper thingy. in there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love this guy. Sure, give you one of those purple thingies. He loved his mom too. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. He was uh he was basically John Travolta from Welcome Back Cotter, right? (laughs) Yeah. That that was the character that he was. He was like just a (laughs) sweetheart. And him and him and Shoebomb really they made a great team and they really were. I was trying to think before we did um, this show, I was thinking to myself, like, take a little notes and like, how authentic were these? They keep on talking about authentic or whatever. And I was trying to think of different times that, you know, were we being kind of manipulated by production or just because, you know, I watched The Bachelor and all that and Survivor. Right. And I actually think that. I really think that that's, they did not do much manipulation. I really think that this is who they were while they were there and it worked. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Joey was great. Oh God. Okay. Who else did we talk about? Sammy. We talked about Chris Seaburn. Oh, let's talk about the people who arrived later, who all Mm -hmm. of them, I was not particularly in love with. First off, Miranda, Mm -hmm. um, who was 26 from California. She was kind of like a, uh, I don't know. How would you describe it? She, she was kind of like a new agey, right? Yeah. I can't remember what she said she did, but I did not like her. Yeah, definitely. I didn't like her when she first came on, but she grew on me a little bit. I mean, she was on several episodes and I was like, Oh, I do kind of like her. Um, and, you know, unlike some of the other 
players, but I can't remember what she did. But yeah, the, other than the yoga, she was always doing some kind of workout when the alerts would come through. Yes. With a band around her thighs. And oh, yeah, she was keeping herself fit. I think that she was honestly rather milk toast to me, not mm-hmm. very exciting. Um, I thought that when Agreed. new people were added, I thought we we're going to get more outland, way more outlandish characters, but we really never did. I think Karen. Well, the next one, the Alex Adam guy. Ugh, I he guess was, he tried to be, but I, I just did not like him. Me neither. Alex, I the jump. No, no. This was got. This was like uh, thirty-two years old from L.A. Married, but pretending. Bib overalls. Yes. Though. Uh, probably a home brewer. Um, mm-hmm. pro- ve- very hipster, very hipster, you know, um, played as Adam though, a right. And the way he played Adam was just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. He, he, because the way he would sell it, right. Like he kept on saying, well, it's me, but it's just pictures of a better looking guy. But then it was not him at all. He was coming on to women like aggressively and strangely. Oh, what was it? Aroused. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he was so bizarre. Yeah. He did not work for me. Um, I he made lots of gagging noises at Alex and or he, Adam. <laughs> he lasted a little bit too long, I think. Uh, but uh, yes. that was just a, yes, that was just kind of the way the game was going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who, let's see, I think Bill was next, right? Or was it so Sean? Bill and Sean, Bill and Sean came in at the same okay. time after Alex Adam. So Bill, 27 years old, Chicago, av- described himself as an average white guy. He's an average white guy. Yeah, that's guy. pretty much, yeah. I yeah. really have no memory of him really at all. Not very exciting, just a good looking guy, but just a dude played as himself. Um, right. And I did not really get much. He kind of, he vibed with with Joey, I think, for a little bit mm-hmm. over like working out and stuff like that. Um, right. But not really, not much to say for him. Now, Sean, on the other hand, 25 years old. She is, uh, this is a female, Sean, from New York City, a social media manager who worked for a plus-size fashion company, but decided to to uh, catfish as her friend. Right. She just had her friend's pictures, yeah. but was using her own personality and name. And her friend was, was more traditionally Instagram attractive. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not that attractive though it wasn't like she chose like a model or something right i mean it was just she just kind of chose like an average white girl to show to uh to bill's average white guy um <laughs> and again just like karen no need to catfish at all right uh, especially when she so that felt contrived yes, to me i wanted to talk that, about that that felt very contrived like if you were going to be conflicted about it. Why did you even decide to come in as someone else? Why didn't you just come in as yourself? Especially if you were going to like make a big ordeal about it, uh, like coming out as yourself, like that was, I thought that was dumb. And I did understand like how it can be for social media with plus size women or whatever, but um, she's, she's 
pretty or gorgeous, really, and she knows that she is, and it's like so. Yeah, I felt anyway. that it was. I I felt Jenny that it may have been a setup. This is the only time I felt a little producer or um, manipulated by one of the people on the show. I felt- yeah, because she had those pictures there. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. So she, she planned was- to do that the whole time. Yep. I think she totally planned to do it. I think her pl- – she said – she kept on saying, well, I did this catfish because you know it's horrible out there for people who who are like me and it's not fair and I'm proud of myself and I love myself, but it's social media that's bad, so I have to play this game. And some people were like, yeah, okay, I guess. But then they were like, yeah, I don't know. Like Chris was like, I don't know why she lied. You know, like I just think mm-hmm. that this was very – I never felt that she was telling the truth about anything. And I think that if she had – A, if she had just played it as herself or B, if she had come in and said, I'm going to play as this catfish for the first round, then I'm going to out myself and that's my plan. That like literally like they do in Survivor where I'm I'm going to game the game. I'm going to make everyone feel like I'm doing this to be authentic, but really it was my plan all along to expose myself. Mm -hmm. But she did neither and thus was very forgettable. Um, I felt, I felt bad for her when Joey voted her off. I mean, I felt bad for Joey too, because that was like such a hard conversation. And then I could, I could feel, um, I could put myself in both their shoes as far as like, how that might feel um i mean i know it's just a game but still like you voted somebody off and it was only your decision and you have to own that and especially when you're a genuine person it is hard you know and so i i that was the one thing that i really remembered about her though you know as we just discussed i did feel feel like she came in with a with a game plan different than mm-hmm. than everyone else. Speaking of that, guess who else came in with a game plan different than everyone else? <laughs> Mr. Ed. Yes. Now this guy, I have to say of all the people they added to the show after our original 8. Um mm-hmm. this was the only I mean Sean was interesting, so I saw why they added her. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I think they should have brought in Ed and Tammy earlier. I think that this should have been the first people to come in um, because Ed was funny as hell. Yes. And he was seeing through like Rebecca and stuff. And he probably would have seen through Karen or Sean or whatever. He had been there ahead of time. Like, cause he, I mean, he might be young, but he was just, it was funny. And it, maybe it was the combination of him playing with his mom, but Maybe also, like, uh, he couldn't have standed to be in that same space with his mom for <laughs> that That's, long for 15 days or whatever. That would have made it more fun, too, right? Like, it would have, yes. I would have liked to see more of a dynamic between his, he and his mom, Tammy, disagreeing on how to react to something. Um, but I, right, because they, well, they said it that like at the reunion show, they said something about there were some conflicts and whatnot while they and they didn't really show yeah, that, nope. which I mean, I'm kind of glad that they didn't like really show conflict because yeah. it would have been less fluff. But 
it made it a little more interesting to me because I'm like, I bet. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe over some of the flirting parts. And I just, I loved his acts. I love both of their accents, you know, from South Jersey. They, I'm surprised he didn't mention Wawa or anything like that. For those of you who know Jersey and uh, the Philly area, he had a, he had a great (laughs) accent and he was kind of, you know, he was what I kind of thought Joey was going to be, you know? And I think that's why it would have been good to bring him in earlier too, because it would have made Joey maybe shine a little bit earlier because I think that Ed, he, you know, he seemed to have a a good heart about himself, but he also seemed like the kind of guy, like, you know, if he got a little drunk, he'd like, you know, throw a rock through somebody's window and run away or so, you know what I mean? Like, He's got. Yeah. A, he, he, he's. A, he's. He's. I think Ed is has is from the street, you know, and I, I think. Uh, whereas I think Joey is from the mall. Uh, so <laughs> I can of, see that. You know, yeah, kind of a different. Uh, kind of a different vibe. But I did like Ed and Tammy. Um, it was funny though. The one thing he brought was his mom. That is yeah. just like that is hilarious. And like it's cute um, too. It goes along with yeah. the kind of heart of the show. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, now I wonder as they move forward, what other kind of things they did. And let's talk about that. So we've covered all of our characters. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's I had a few things in the notes that I wanted to kind of ask. OK, so the first thing I did want to ask you, you is this, Jenny, if you were on the circle, how would you play it? Would you try to catfish? Would you be yourself? What What, what would your angle be? There's no way I could do a catfish because I'm just too honest um, and blunt and um, all about being real. So I would play it more like um, how Shuby and Joey and and them played it because I that's just who I am and I would I would struggle really hard with um, being able to to keep up the the playing of the game in that manner if I were trying to be somebody else. Yeah, I think that I would. How would you play it? (laughs) I would be myself, but I do think I would be way more active in the background with direct messages, Mm -hmm. trying to work people and get to know people. Um, Yeah, I definitely would be trying to get to know people. I would have more of a strategy. That's part of the game. Because what do you think the game is? I mean, is did we learn from this season? That it is that the circle is basically to win, you have to be really nice, authentic, open, good person. Is that what we learned? Well, that seems to be what occurred, but I don't know um, if they're, you know, if they're going to go ahead and have uh, more seasons, which they probably will. Um, how how it's going to play out in those? In in this one, that seems to be how it played out but you you've mentioned you know the different reality shows and and as we had talked about before we started recording we were talking about survivor and i watched from partway through the first season um probably 10 seasons or more um it changed each iteration yeah changed the game and so even though people uh doing their thing and learning how to play the game as they go. Um, once you've watched what's happened prior to you going on that show, um, 
you have different strategies because you see how it worked or didn't work for other people that went before you. So I don't know if that will be the case in future iterations of this series. I would hope so because, you know, you want the the good, nice, genuine people to win. But it seems like they become uh, less and less genuine as the seasons go on with uh, these types of shows. That's At least that's been what I've seen. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, if you look at the way that the blocks worked out, you know, they would invite basically the two influencers into the room, then they debate and it would usually be one influencer protecting someone. They usually didn't come in with the idea, let's take this person out. They right. usually came in with the idea like uh, like um Shuby would be like Rebecca, I love her. She can't go this week. You know, like, I'm, that's my person forever. Joey, my brother. Would be heartbroken, yeah. Right? And then they go, okay. Then on the other side, whoever it was would say like, well, I guess I can't take that. And then it would kind of through the process of elimination, they'd arrive at someone. Basically, what I'm saying is I don't think that there really was much strategy to this game this year. You can't mm-hmm. really break this show down like Survivor. Like, why did they decide to uh, vote out Alana? Like you said, well, it was kind of because they just said, let's not do this. Ah, let's just do her. You know? Right. Why did Joey mm-hmm. choose Sean um, over Rebecca, Rebecca, the, who he really wanted to get rid of. Yeah, that was the only kind of at the end that strategy came into play. It's like they didn't even realize they were playing a game. They were still having fun with it and, and, and just experiencing being stuck in a, you know, an apartment for two weeks. Um, right. then they were really strategizing. Uh, and I think that that will change. I think that, season two, season three, people are going to come in from the very beginning thinking, how can I be the shoe of this season? How can I be the Joey? <laughs> yes, they will. Of this they season? will. Yeah. And, and on that note, how do you think they could make this game better? Do you have any, when you were watching, did you have any ideas of things that they could do that would make it more exciting or interesting? Um, I, not like specific things other than, well, we'll talk about the host here in a minute, I'm sure. But um, just the way it's played is a little odd with as far as the interactions. Like, it seemed like they were only able to interact with each other at certain times. Like, I, I don't right. know if that was the case. Like, they were they only the allowed to open? Yeah. And, yeah. and so that was a little weird to me. Um, I feel like if that was the case that they were only able to chat at certain times, like maybe open it up to allow them to chat at any time of day or night or whatever. I mean, you don't have to necessarily respond if you're sleeping, but like at least let people try and like people might have more real conversations and things like that. Make it really more like a a user-friendly app than what this was. It was a little cheesy, the whole way that the circle interacted with them that alert noise and um (laughs) yeah but it kept kind of the constraints right because right it's like say they had opened it up and said like you can now video chat then the catfishing thing would go out the window yeah so no that that couldn't happen they kind of had to protect 
the catfish part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I guess if you involved video in it, then you might as well just say, well, why not just put him in the same room and it's big brother? Right. You know, like why are they communicating? So I, I, I think that there are certain, um, uh, boundaries that they shouldn't cross in order to kind mm-hmm. of keep it this game. Agreed. But one idea I had is I thought it was fun when they did the little games. I thought they should have yeah. done more of those. Like, yeah. who do you think is most likely to die in a zombie? It's like things like that. I thought were yeah, really the, fun. the most likely thing, like they didn't play it for very long. Like it, it seemed like they could have had more rounds and maybe they did and they just edited it. But, um, what was, Oh, the one with the pictures when, uh, caption this or whatever, yeah. uh, Karen as Mercedes and that picture in the coat and Joey's hashtag on that, uh, uh, catfish, some fake, I can't even remember what his hashtag was, but he was like calling her out for being a catfish. And remember how mad yeah. she got? Yeah. Oh goodness. <laughs> she was, she was not happy, but like, even those moments, like, because it wasn't a whole lot of like meanness or whatever. It kept it light, but yeah, I, I liked the games the best out of all of it. Like it felt like they were constantly sitting there doing the ratings, which they weren't, but like, as far as interactions, like I wanted more of the personal interactions with the, with the characters, or I would want more, I think, but it did keep it nice and fluffy. Yeah. Because if you think about it, what the circle could do. So this, this circle app, it held a photo album. They could change one or two of their main photos to represent themselves. Right. And that Mm -hmm. became a thing. They could send messages to the group or they could do a private or they could do a, a separate group chat. They played some of the games. They rated the people and then they were given the alerts of what, had occurred and past that i think that there's more functionality that this system could have on them like you know kind of even separating them a little bit more like joey and sammy are going to do this do you do like i liked when they had them paint pictures of each other yeah, that was fun. And the you cake know? thing was fun. Joey's the cake. cake. Yeah, oh see, God, like that. Joey's cake was so hilarious. These, these were, but they could integrate that into the game to like earn more rewards rather than mm-hmm. just being a influencer. Like, um, right. you can bring a friend from home into a chat. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? That would be cool. And then like they mistakenly out them or something, you know, or <laughs> they give a little piece of information that they didn't want. You get five minutes to chat with, um, you know, Sammy's best friend from home. That so I don't know. I had a lot of different ideas, but I just once you add the video thing is the one yeah, place they no, can't go can't there. Do that. One of the things, well, actually, a couple of things I thought were super corny when they had the uh, the dance party, or I guess it wasn't a dance party, but when they had the little party and they all like got ready, like they were going out and they yeah. were just in their apartments. <laughs> that was so oh. freaking corny. I, 
like, I loved it. I thought it was so cute. No, I mean it. It was, but it was so corny. Was I was corny. like, Seriously? the show's corny. That's why and then, you know. And, and uh, the date with um, Adam and Rebecca. Yes. Oh, <laughs> in God. the bear. Oh, oh that was that, so corny. That made me a little cheesy. That, that was just really weird because. Yeah. Of course, Rebecca was a dude, and it was weird and because he you could tell Adam, that Adam, as felt, played by Alex, is yes. like no game. And then they both just felt so weird the whole time, right? Like, yes, catfish and catfish yeah. on date. It just didn't feel did, they were both so awkward. Um, all right, let's see. Wow, we have talked a lot about this circle. I love it. Catfish <laughs> finale. Oh, I guess let's okay. So let's talk a little bit about you were not a fan of our uh, hostess. Yeah, I mean, I, her voiceovers through the season. I think we saw her like at the very beginning of episode one. Like they showed her, and she did the voiceovers through the whole thing. And I didn't mind her voiceovers. I mean, some of them were silly, but that I didn't mind. But she was the most awkward hostess. Like her her introductions, her transitions in conversation. Like I felt like it, the, the episode should have been a little longer and there should have been a little more interaction. Like when she was interviewing the people who had been blocked, like when she would uh, go from um, one contestant to the next one, she did not have any kind of transitional phrasing to like bring the next person in. She would basically almost cut the person off who was talking and just ask another random question to yeah, the next contestant that, and it was just really bad. Her interviewing the – and she definitely had a script that she was sticking to, and there were no variations from that script. I just feel like they could have a more personable uh, – as far or, – or, like, train her better how to interview people because, I mean, she, she was – I'm not saying anything wrong with her as a person. It's just, I didn't like her hosting. Like the way Jeff Probst always did the stuff at the finales on Survivor when I did watch it, he always was very personable. And that's like how it would always be in the little thing when they were voting people off too. He like had a way he did it and, but he, and he had a script, but was not so awkward. Yeah. I think that I, I thought that her voiceovers were funny. And I like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were quick. Now she is a she's a stand up comedian, and mm, I, is she? I yeah, didn't know that. And I think that some stand up comedians can transition to hosting, and some stand up comedians are better at doing the kind of uh, voiceover type commentary stuff. And I think they should have brought someone in different to do this host job at the end because yeah she was it was a little bit more about her than it was about them like Mm -hmm. you could tell that she was kind of doing the job you know but i don't Mm -hmm. think she was terrible i mean i i I liked her her name's michelle buteau um and actually she's from new jersey (laughs) yeah baby that's right um so uh i i think you know the the that was the weakest part of the whole season to me was the The finale was the finale and kind of the way they ended it, you know, they were like alert the land. And then I remember even Chris was like, what circle we're done already. You know, like like, Joey, I can't believe it's over circle. Yeah. I, yeah, Um, I needed them to, to let them talk more. Yeah. It was too abrupt. 
And I thought that they didn't kind of build it up to them all meet. Like they met together and then they met with her. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think they should have done yeah. that all together. Even the dinner thing that they had, I yeah. wanted more of that. Like, I feel like that exactly. last episode either should have been two episodes or it should have been a longer episode because I wanted to hear more. Yeah, I fell off. Like, I was, was so a little excited. Disappointed. Yeah, it was like it really went. It was like, oh, wow, who's going to win? Who's going to, you know what I mean? I still wanted to know who was going to win. But before I find out who's going to win, I have to sit through like almost two hours of, you know, kind of like a hacky reunion show, which is, was kind of on the level of like a, a like a lifetime reunion or like a FYI reunion show rather than like how they do the good ones on Bravo with Andy Cohen and, these other like sur- like survivor or bachelor where they kind of really know how to do the production, even though they're a lot of times boring. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're right that they should have, they, they almost should have never brought in the host maybe and, and elongated the final thing and had maybe the producers have someone like a Chris or Joey or somebody act a little bit more as the, um, presenter slash ho- or just kind of ask questions, like keep it moving, and it would have mm-hmm. been more interesting. But um, when Joey won, I was happy. I thought if if really like we said, if any of the core left had won, I would have been happy. I didn't really. Yeah, bother, it was know? any of them. It was kind of weird. Yeah, right. Other than Rebecca. <laughs> For you, yeah, and me, no, but I, I, I agree too. I don't think Rebecca should have won. I mean, she, he did trick people, but is that like, do you no, win for that's that? That's not why. You know? That's not why. I just didn't. I thought he played the character terribly. I couldn't believe that they, because so many of them by the end were doubting him or her, him, her, uh, and they, several of them would have voted the character of Rebecca off, but they didn't get the chance because they had to do that last round of ratings. And then it was set in stone for all what was happening. So, yeah, well, I, um, I, I guess what I meant was, is like, do you deserve to win just for tricking people? You know what I mean? Like, I don't think so. So, yeah. And I guess in the end, so the final ranking was, Joey was first, Shaboom was uh second, Sammy was third, uh who was after I think Chris, Chris. was fourth and Rebecca was fifth, right? Mm-hmm. So that is I mean I think that's about about it's hard after I mean I kinda like Chris the best, but Joey really Joey yeah, Joey and Shuby really did kind of have the really did kind of dominate the show. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about it. But all in all, a great season. I was so pleasantly surprised by this. Oh, last question: What did you think about the way it was released? Like three episodes or four episodes a week for three weeks? I thought it was all right. It gave you a little bit of um, anticipation going into the next set of episodes, and then you got your fix of it, and then, you know, a little anticipation before the last set. 
Yeah, I liked it too, but I almost, I would have rathered a couple more weeks. They could have done two episodes a week and I would have been happy. Yeah, I mean, I, I really love this show and I, I like binging, but I also almost feel like, man, if they release two a week, I would maybe even consider covering it. Maybe you'd want to cover it. You know, if they change it, we should talk about it for next season. I th- just think it's a fun, light show. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it would be fun to cover it week to week. I mean, or, you know, however, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that would be fun. And it makes it, I think for a reality show too, I like that Netflix is experimenting like this because I really do think for reality, it does benefit to give us a little time so you can talk about it and kind of look forward (laughs) to it um, rather than dumping it all at once. Mm -hmm. And I think more Yeah, because if it had been- yeah, if it had been all one single, excuse me, if it would have been all one single release, uh, I, it would not have been nearly as fun. No, that I would have, yeah, and I, I don't think I would have paid attention as much too, you know, then it's just kind of on in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Amazon with the new Project Runway, what's it called, Make the, Making the Cut, that reunites Tim Gunn and Heidi Klum, they're releasing like two a week, I think for um eight weeks so i i think that's a good that's a good way to do it all in all i was pleasantly surprised by this um netflix releasing some good stuff and when you only like i said you're you're shooting for 15 days the budget on this thing must be like 350 dollars I mean, it looks like the apartments are made of cardboard. Um, Although they they are decorated nicely and the beds look like they're comfy. I mean, the people didn't seem to be uncomfortable on their furniture. It did seem like the walls were like paper thin though, didn't it? Like when they were yelling, I was like, wait, can't they hear each other? They they have to be on different floors because it did not look like, I mean, it, it looks like they took an old apartment building, put a big neon circle on it circle on it yeah and and put that hot tub on the roof and we're like here okay well action that rooftop thing was weird yeah they didn't really talk about it they didn't see that's what i mean they should have made it into like if you win if you're the influencer you get to go to the hot tub right Mm -hmm. like they 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 really there's room for them to up the game within the game and give people incentives and win little prizes and advantages. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they'll get there. It was a great start for a great first season. I had a lot of fun talking about it. Um, We'll always remember Joey, Shuby, Chris, and all the rest at the circle. Sammy. (laughs) Ah, Sammy. She's the new Sammy sweetheart. Yes. The new Sammy sweetheart. Any final thoughts do you have on the circle? I think I've uh, given you most of my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, me too. We went long. I figured we would. Um, we always great. do. Yeah, we always do. Jenny, it's been great talking to you again. Thank you for it's been coming great talking on. talking to you too. Thanks. Yeah, this was awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening and downloading. Remember, of course, you can go to DVRpodcast.com or patreon.com slash DVR. Let's see. We got Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Bachelor, Mindhunter. We're going to be covering Better Call Saul, Westworld. Tons of stuff is happening. Subscribe to the, the master feed at Daily DVR. That's the end of the podcast. Circle, send message.